More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hour three kicks off now. We have Senator Ron Johnson with us. Senator Johnson, appreciate you making the time. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Um, let me let me start with this. All the stuff coming out about Biden. You know, you've been somebody who's been speaking loudly on some of these uh, fact-finding issues, whether it's about COVID or the Hunter laptop or the Biden crime family, any number of things for a while now. Do you think that this will result in any political consequences? Let me, and I'll put it to you this way, Senator. Uh, do you think that this is possibly going to push Biden in terms of 2024 to make a decision one way or the other? And uh, how do you see that playing out? Well, first of all, it should have resulted in political consequences back in 2020, but it didn't. We, we had more than enough evidence to certainly convince me that he was unfit for office. The evidence just continues to accumulate. And again, what, what I try and point out, too, is we really have three scandals that we're dealing with here. We have the, the Biden family, the, the corrupt grifters that they are. That's a scandal. How We have now an American president compromised, and we have no idea how this is impacting his foreign policy. But then we also have the corruption, the scandal of partisanship within the FBI, within the Department of Justice. I mean, that's that's pretty apparent as well as then. And this may this may be the most serious. This may be the most dangerous thing to our democracy to steal a term from the left. The complicit and corrupt media that refuses to cover this, which is why it probably won't result in the type of consequences that that we want to see. And I heard earlier in the show you were talking about the border. I mean, it's just jaw-dropping that the media just completely ignores that catastrophe that's occurring on the southern border. So, again, three separate scandals, all incredibly serious, all pretty well covered up by our corrupt media. Um, I don't know if you've seen this news yet, um, uh, Senator Johnson, but I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, Axios has a, a story up about Joe Manchin. And he said just a few minutes ago, quote, he's serious, thinking seriously about dropping his affiliation with the Democrat Party and becoming an independent. Uh, he said, I have to have peace of mind. 
the brand has become so bad, the D brand and the R brand. You've heard me say a million times, I'm not a Washington Democrat. Now, this is, of course, convenient uh, because Joe Manchin is up for reelection next year, and it appears many in West Virginia are not inclined to vote for him. You're in the Senate. Have you heard this discussed in earnest? Do you think Joe Manchin would caucus with uh, the Democrats or the Republicans? Because Kirsten Sinema's already announced that she is an independent. And I ask because we're basically in a 50-50 Senate. I'm curious your reaction to those comments. Do they surprise you? What do you think might happen there? Unless he says he'll become an independent and caucus with Republicans, it's completely meaningless. And I would completely ignore it. So the, the press has to follow up. Okay, we've become independent. Who are you going to caucus with? Yep, that's the number one question. A Democrat, he's a Democrat, and he by and large votes with the Democrats. I mean, he, you know, again, he he votes enough with Republicans on issues that he pretty well has to vote with us on. You know, things like the border. He's the, he's the only Democrat that I think voted when I put up an amendment to actually complete the wall we'd already bought and paid for. And it's costing us more not to build it than to build it. So he voted us with uh, with us on that. And, and he does vote with us, but unless he caucuses with us, it's completely meaningless if he goes independent. Speaking of Senator Ron Johnson and Senator, in your home state of Wisconsin, there was, uh, as I understand it, a pretty consequential uh, election as it pertains to the uh, state Supreme Court and how that could affect things in 2024. Can you give us an update on that? And, and generally, how is Wisconsin looking for Republicans in this upcoming pivotal election? It's going to be really tough statewide. Um, that was a crucial Supreme Court race that we lost. Uh, the liberals have now fully taken over, and they are radical leftists. I mean, they just basically stripped the chief justice, uh, who's a Republican, who's a conservative, of uh, basically her powers. They're going to take total control, uh, probably redistrict. There, there's even talk of them literally throwing the, the maps out from you know all of our state assembly, state senate races, throwing the maps out, throwing that election out, and and potentially demanding a new election before November 2024 to, to remake the Wisconsin state legislature. So I don't know how far these, these radical leftists are going to go, but it should concern all of us. Uh, it's going to have an impact on potentially districting in congressional races. Um, it, it's, who knows? It, it, was, it was an incredibly important race, and we lost it. We're talking to Senator Johnson. Uh, we're going to do an event. We're going to be up. You're going to be in studio uh, with me. Buck's going to be on summer vacation, uh, which will be. We'll have to have another trip. Uh, but we're going to be doing an event. It's going to be at the Pabs Theater. Uh, I'm going to be speaking there. It's going to be a lot of fun. The next day, that's on August 22nd. The next day is the debate. Lots of discussion about whether Donald Trump should debate, about whether he should sign the pledge to support. Uh, any other Republican in the event he were not nominee. If President Trump called you, and maybe he has because he's asking a lot of people uh, their advice on whether it makes sense to debate in Milwaukee on August 23rd with the other Republican presidential candidates, what would you tell him? Well, first I'd tell him to sign the pledge. Yeah. Uh, he signed it back in 2016. Reince Priebus uh, presented it to him, and he signed it. And that was important. Uh, if he doesn't sign that, um, I mean, it's... I think it would be a mistake. Uh, obviously, people in Wisconsin would love to see him on the stage. They'd like to hear his views. Uh, he needs to explain to the American public about uh, you know, what he did during COVID. Uh, there's a lot of things that he can talk about, and he, I'd like to see him on the stage, but you know, that would be up to him. 
Senator Johnson with us now from Wisconsin. Senator, uh, are you are you confident that the Biden uh, regime or that Joe Biden is going to stand for reelection, or are you on the side of things where you think that the Democrats are going to try to pull something at the last minute here? Yeah, if I had to bet, I'd probably bet they'll do that and they'll replace him with a candidate that cannot be properly vetted. You know, this will be the candidate the media will hail as going to be the savior of uh, the United States and the Democratic Party, and, uh, and it won't be a fair fight. So that, that, if I had to bet, that's what I'd bet. I, I, I mean, I, I can't. And again, I, it's, it's sad to see anybody deteriorate with age, right? I just have a hard time believing America would elect Joe Biden as infirmed as he appears to be. And as a corrupt as I know he is. Speaking of corrupt, uh, I'm sure you have seen your colleague Rand Paul has referred Dr. Fauci to uh, the Department of Justice and now also the D.C. Attorney's Office for prosecution for perjury. Is there any doubt in your mind that Dr. Fauci committed perjury? And should he be charged with, at a minimum, the crime of lying to Congress? Probably, and I would consider Dr. Fauci a very bad person. Uh, you know, the sabotage of early treatment, which cost, according to doctors I talked to, probably hundreds of thousands of Americans their lives, uh, because he was just, you know, hell-bent on making sure that every American got a vaccine in their arm, and of course the vaccines haven't worked, and they've injured untold numbers of individuals that he completely ignores as well, together with his corrupt federal agencies, so... Yeah, I'm not a real fan of uh, Anthony Fauci. I'm not a real fan of the people in charge of the CDC, the NIH, uh, the FDA. We've got a real problem on our hands. We've got a corrupt uh, federal health agency. We've got, obviously, corrupt big pharma. Uh, there's so much There's so much corruption. You can just tell the disgust in my voice here. I mean, we're, America's going down a very dangerous path right now, and Anthony Fauci is, is one, of the, one of the henchmen. Uh, Senator Johnson, if I could circle us back to immigration which you mentioned we were talking about that really kicked off the show on the just the reality that we have a de facto open border and that we have cities that are now becoming giant refugee camps or have refugee camps that are going to rival any others uh in certainly the western hemisphere um given that reality do you think that if we were to have a republican house senate and presidency in 2024 a republican members in the Senate, united and reliable on doing something legislatively to fix the border crisis as it stands? Yeah, unfortunately, without 60 votes, it's going to be very difficult. But we know that a president that's dedicated to closing the border can do it. That's what Donald Trump did. And what's so depressing about this is we pretty well had stopped the flow of unaccompanied children and, and family units exploiting our asylum laws. As a result, less human trafficking, less less sex trafficking, uh, we had it close to under control. Still had uh, single adults coming in, but probably about half the level. And then Joe Biden dedicated to opening up the border, did so. Now it's about 5 million people is my best guess. 5 million people either encountered, processed, and dispersed, or come in as a known or unknown gotaway. Half the states have populations less than 5 million people. That's the extent of the problem. And what New York and these other cities are screaming about is just a fraction of the problem. But again, you got a media that's covering up, and they are the ones that are corrupt and complicit. If we had an honest news media reporting on this, uh, America wouldn't stand for it. I mean, the cost of this is skyrocketing. I hear the, the numbers just in New York that you were talking about. 
know, take a what, look at what that's going to do nationally. Take a look at how that's going to change the character of, of this country. Uh, look, I'm all for legal immigration, but until we fix this problem, until we secure the border and stop the illegal immigration, there's just not going to be a way to, to actually fix the problem. Senator Johnson, who do you think is actually making decisions in the White House now? A uh, bunch of radical leftists. Does it really make any difference who, who exactly is pulling the levers there? Um, you know, listen, there, there's an elite group of individuals globally that are having undue influence over politics globally. I, 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 I honestly believe that. I, I would have said that three or four years ago before the pandemic, but now you see what's happened during the pandemic, the you know trusted news network, the censorship, the the spreading of misinformation by accusing people like you and uh, you know Clay and Buck and, and Ron Johnson of spreading misinformation. We were telling the American people the truth. Um, guys, I'm, I'm, I wish I could say I'm a huge optimist right now. I'm in a pretty dark mood because of what I'm seeing. We're, this nation is on a very dangerous path, and more Americans have to pull their heads out, open up their eyes, and understand that we've got to fix this. We, we cannot. Republicans, conservatives cannot lose the 2024 election, as imperfect as the Republican Party is, the Democrats are vastly, vastly worse. You you just said something that I think is really important because it ties in with the challenge of winning Wisconsin. You know that specifically because you won, I think, by 26,000 votes uh, for six more years, thankfully. If the ultimate nominee of the Republican Party uh, for president came to you and said, I want you to be vice president, would you consider it, and do you think you could deliver Wisconsin based on your knowledge of that state? Because I bet you would agree, whichever way Wisconsin goes is probably who's going to win the presidency. Well, first of all, if you had a presidential candidate come up and ask you to be vice president, I don't know who would turn somebody down. I mean, it's just, you're being asked to serve. I, mean, I, I stepped up, played for a third term, because this country is in big trouble. To win Wisconsin, the, the formula is ground game. It's grassroots. It's get the paid field staff out there and doing what the Democrats do. They only have to do it in Madison and Milwaukee. We need to mine votes in every small little town and municipality in Wisconsin. It's a much more difficult task, but that's where we need to spend the money. I keep telling you know people to run the NRSC and these national campaigns, quit spending so much money on stupid ads. Spend money on the ground game. That's what we have to do. Senator Johnson, before we let you go, uh, and thank you for all this important insighted information, especially in your home state of Wisconsin. We have a we have a um, a situation here. We wanted you to uh, weigh in on what is the best buddy cop movie of all time. You know, I'm not a real fan of Hollywood. I'm not. I, I, I kind of like Men in Black because I just like science fiction movies. But uh, in general, oh, that's I'm a good answer. The, I'm not that's the best a... person to uh, evaluate Hollywood. Fair That's enough. a good answer. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay. Take care. Keep up good work. Guess what? Online identity theft, one of those crimes that happens without alarms going off or cops showing up looking for the bad guys. Instead, you've got some cyber hacker halfway around the world breaking into company databases, stealing data, selling it on the dark web to the highest bidder. That's likely what happened to a company you've likely not heard of before, one called Maximus Federal Services. They're a Medicare contractor, a big one, large enough that their computers have the information on more than 11 million Americans. 
That information potentially exposed several months ago in May. The compromised information reads like a checklist for cyber hackers. Social security numbers, names, phone numbers, email addresses, healthcare claims, and more. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Go online to lifelock.com and use promo code CLAY for 25% off. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think there's ever been a clearer case of perjury in the history of government testimony. And I don't say that lightly. He said adamantly that the government never funded this gain-of-function research. We now have the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, has admitted that the funding came from the NIH. We have the acting director, Tayback, of the NIH admitting it in writing that it came from the NIH. But now we have really the smoking gun, and that is Fauci in private saying the opposite of what he was saying in public. 
So he's caught dead to rights here, but we have an, an incredibly partisan Attorney General Garland who's refusing to act. So I've taken the extraordinary step of actually going to the local U.S. attorney in D.C. to see if he will act. Rand Paul there saying that Fauci is a liar, and more importantly, in this instance, a liar under oath, which is a crime, and that he thinks that there should be action taken on this. I I do think that uh, Fauci was the most destructive health bureaucrat in the modern history of the United States. Um, I think that what he did to the country is uh, unforgivable, honestly. Um, The fact that, McClay, we just played that woman who's masking up with an N95. If Fauci had a shred, a shred of of decency, honesty, honor, at this point he would just say, hey, everybody, stop wearing masks, okay? I'm not even saying he has to admit that it was all crap and he was lying the whole time. That would be nice, too. He won't even say it now, though. He's, he, yeah, he still right, wants the fan club to continue. That's right, because it would be so easy, Buck, for him to just come out and say, the national emergency is over. I think anxiety from COVID is more dangerous at this point than COVID itself. If you are still, if you have made it through, and he could even couch it by saying, and a lot of people didn't, you know, we could have been better, all those things. Just saying it's time to get back to normalcy, I think would go a long way. And the fact that he won't say that, that he's continuing to let tens of millions of people live in fear, in mortal peril for their lives, I can't imagine how awful that is. And I always come back to this. I can't imagine how awful it would be to be a kid whose parents have put you through this for three years now, and you're still having to walk around wearing a mask, and you have zero risk. Have you, have you seen the photos that are circulating still of infants in the, in the nursery, in the hospital? With uh, shields on, plastic yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's what people were doing to to take the virus seriously. Uh, it was a mass mental illness. It was mass formation hysteria. It was a psychological disorder. All right, let's talk about my pillow. The team at my pillow has made so many amazing products in their twenty year history. With their Giza Dream sheets being very near the top of that list, these are some of the most comfortable sheets you're ever going to touch. They're amazing. In my own experience, sleeping on Giza Dream sheets has been a game changer. And they're back on sale at MyPillow.com. Sets of these sheets now priced as low as $29.98 when you use our names as your promo code. Comfortable sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza, grown in a region of Egypt known for their production of the softest cotton. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable with a luxurious finish. When you buy these on sale, you get 60 days to decide if they're not the most comfortable, cool sheets you've ever slept on. 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. That's right, two full months to decide if you love them. Go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, use promo code Clay and Buck. Or if you want, call this phone number, 800-792-3269. We got some breaking news here that is of high interest. And it goes to a lot of the analysis we've had on the show. Let me tell you, this is a great time to tell you that tomorrow I'm, we are stacked when it comes to legal and constitutional analysis. Uh, all these major stories, whether it's the Trump indictments, the Biden realities, the Hunter Biden plea bargain, which is still 
hanging out there somewhere. I mean, it still could happen. I I think it still will happen. They're just going to try to find a way to ease it through on the second on the second uh, attempt. Um, but we have Andy McCarthy going to be joining us tomorrow, Senator Ted Cruz, and Julie Kelly. So I, I don't know. You know, this is like the. It's like the Avengers for law nerds or something. We got a lot of people to uh, <laughs> to join in tomorrow on this one, so we're excited about that. And this is the latest. It's uh, just for, from these. Remember, there's going to be court filings in the various cases. We're probably going to have the Atlanta indictment next week. The grand jury is meeting. They believe the grand jury is likely to hand down an indictment against Trump there. Um, so that's likely to be next week. And in the meantime, uh, the. The prosecution of the D.C. case, I guess we call it interesting. It's really the election 2020 case, but everyone's calling it the Jan 6 case. I guess it kind of touches on both. Um, They are trying to have the case, the trial rather, begin on January 2nd of 2024. They think it'll take a little over a month or so to bring this case. In the court filing, which is out, government's response to court's August 3rd, 2023 minute order. It's out now. The government proposed that the trial begin then. We'll take no more than four to six weeks. Um, a January 2nd trial date, I'm reading from this court order, would vindicate the public's strong interest uh, in a speedy trial, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. For a president who is charged with conspiring to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election, obstruct the certification of the election results, and dis- discount citizens' legitimate votes. Or this is the this is in the court record. This is the prosecution asking for this. The special counsel asking for this. Okay, Clay, a couple of big things. Not only are they trying to make this case happen in the election year, so the the whole thing I've been saying all along, everybody, they're not going to de- why are they going to delay it? They're not going to allow it to be delayed. The they're having it and they're jumping ahead of the scheduled case for Florida, right? Isn't Florida later than this? So yeah, they not are only jumping ahead of New York too, and New York. New York is March. Yeah, so they are moving this one to the front of the line. They are moving it to the like. Most damaging politically point possible in the primary schedule. And Clay, you know, this is what, like, you, we've been talking about this, right? Normal cases that the, the Theranos Elizabeth Holmes trial took years and years and years to prosecute her for being a massive, massive fraud. Th- this judge in uh, Chutkin, right, in D.C., is going to ram all this stuff through. They're not, she's not going to delay this. She's not going to give Trump fair process. Do you see it differently? I I cannot imagine that they can get the trial turned this quickly. This will be a great discussion tomorrow with Julie Kelly because she has covered the Jan 6 cases better than almost anybody uh, out there. Probably the best in the entire country. And I, I know we talked to her before. The average run-up for Jan 6 cases has been 18 to 24 months, I think she said. So, in other words, from the time of an indictment, charges being filed... Typically, it's taking a, you know a year and a half to two years for those trials to get done. This would be four or five months, unheard of. Now, politically, I don't think there's any way that Trump wants this one going to trial before the other two because I think by far this is the greatest legal peril of conviction that he faces. Now, 
The case in South Florida, as we have told you, I think is an easier case. And I think this one will get tossed by the Supreme Court. And we'll talk about this tomorrow more. But I geeked out legally yesterday explaining to you why I don't think these are crimes at all that Jack Smith has charged Trump with. And I stand by that. I think that the law is on his side. But it can take a while for that to get to the Supreme Court. And to your point, we know right now he's scheduled to stand trial in New York City in March that he's scheduled to stand trial in Florida in May. So they are stacking it such that in their ideal world, he would be on trial for the entirety of 24. January, March, May. Now add to those are all trial dates that have been set. This is no longer just January speculation. Hasn't been set. March and May. I'm, set. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Requested March has January. been set. But. I, I think they're yeah. going to get it, Clay. <laughs> I think I think the judge is going to get... Uh, you don't think so? You think, think Judge Chutkin's going to deny the special counsel their request uh, here? Well, I just think there's going to be so many issues at play that it's going to be hard to expedite this and get it done. Now, I, I, this is the, the, the rig job is in if they get this trial in in January. And the reason why I would say this is so significant, Buck, for everybody out there listening, they're saying four to six weeks. So if you took the government at its word, I think you need to add a couple of weeks probably. So let's say two months. This trial would legitimately be going on while everybody is voting in the Republican primary. January 15th, we know the Iowa caucus. Early February, we know the uh, uh, the, the New Hampshire. Clay, By March 5th or so, Buck, this thing's going to be decided. Clay, uh, I mean, uh, tr- Trump, not Clay. Clay's not going to prison. Trump? Hopefully not. Hopefully. Not I don't know. You got to, you know. Mike Pence I keep doing this show number. long enough. Somebody's going to definitely be knocking on my door. I feel confident about out. that. Um, I, I, you're, you're in a position where you could legitimately see as a possibility. I'm not making a prediction. I'm just saying it is possible that Trump on or within days of like Super Tuesday could be found guilty of a felony in a federal court. That could happen. Yes. That is just reality right now as we see it, which is completely crazy. But this is where we are. What I was going to say, though, is let's say they get the January. To be fair, to be clear, as you said, it's not yet agreed to. I think they will get it. It's the most anti-Trump judge pretty much you could possibly get. I don't think she's going to say, well, you know, Trump's political aspirations. Remember, they're not supposed to, you know, they play it both ways. They're not supposed to take into account what Trump's political aspirations are in this in their minds. It's purely criminal process, right? Criminal justice system working without, you know, fear or favor which we know is nonsense, but that's what their their theory or their uh, operating theory will be here. You could have January, March, May, the Atlanta prosecution, if it comes down, the indictment comes down next week, they're going to try to wedge that in there somewhere, either, I would assume now, after it. But to your point, you could have Trump on trial for really the entire election year. Because, I mean, the federal trial in, what is it, May? Call it six to eight weeks, and then after that, you're going to have maybe the Atlanta trial, which maybe that's only a few weeks, but they're going to have him on trial the entire the entire year. And yes. that's even let's say he beats everything. It's crazy, and and I would just point out it needs to bear bear repeating over and over again, and we're going to do it. They are claiming that they care about preserving democracy, and in the name of democracy. The United States government, Joe Biden's Department of Justice, is requesting that Donald Trump stand federal trial 
while all of you in Iowa are caucusing, while all of you in New Hampshire are lining up to vote, while everyone in Nevada, while everyone in South Carolina, all of you that may be out exercising your constitutional right to pick a representative to run for president, they are going to be trying to put him in prison by their own request while all of that voting is going on. I'm not surprised they made the request, Buck. If they are able to jump to the front of the line, this is not the most perilous, because again, I think this is going to get tossed at the Supreme Court eventually, but they want to brand Donald Trump a felon, and they want to do it before he even gets the opportunity to win the Republican nomination. All right, let's call it right now, Clay. Does Judge Chutkin agree to the special counsel's timetable? I think, uh, based on where it's being requested, I think she may back it up to February and claim that she's being like, uh, you know, being respectful. Okay. I do think, I do think the tra- and this is where having the right lawyers matter so much. I think, Bob. I think she gives them exactly what they want without, without even a second thought. But we'll see. If you had true legal all stars representing you, I think the Trump legal team could throw in front of this a series of procedural hurdles, motioning, arguments, appeals that would make it impossible to have a trial by that date. I think that they would have the legal mechanism to do so. But I don't know that he has that legal acumen representing him, to be fair. I don't think he has the dream. If I were Trump, remember OJ had the dream team of lawyers? If I were Trump, I would want the equivalent of the modern-day O.J. legal team, and I don't think he has that. Also, if they were to put – Clay and I do agree on this. If they put cameras in the courtroom, Trump's going to take his own defense. Take the stand on his own defense. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. That's what I mean. Take the stand on his own defense. He's going to actually take the stand. Come back to close us out here in a second. You know, a friend of this program, Dutch Mendenhall, is the CEO of Rad Diversified. He's got this new book that he just released, Money Shackles. It's a new term, Money Shackles, but it uh, describes an old problem. These shackles represent the financial hamstrings that Americans have fought with for a long time. Get in debt by going to college, leave a student loan debt, buying a new car on credit, uh, on credit, you know, all these things we do that get us deep into debt. Dutch believes it's the wrong thoughts and the wrong teachings behind this. In his book, he'll give you strategies to use debt to your advantage and tap into lucrative alternative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history and look beyond Wall Street and see the future of alternative investments. It's no longer just available to the super rich. The old American dream is dying fast. Get ready for the redefined American dream with money shackles. Learn more at therad.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-D, therad.com. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finishing up the Thursday edition of the program. I'm down here in Atlanta. Buck's ducked out. He's got an obligation. We'll all be back tomorrow. But I'm going to be with our Atlanta affiliate down here at the Republican Jewish Coalition, Extra 106.3, for those listening to you, uh, to us right now in Atlanta. Rhino from there will be with me talking about the new book, American Playbook, How to Make America Sane Again. There are some tickets left, and you can get them at rjchq.org uh, slash Clay Travis. Basically, if you just type in Atlanta Clay Travis, I think on Google, uh, you will find this event, and uh, it's going to be fun. Several hundred people, I think, already signed up. Fun group. Uh, get a copy of the book, and it is going to be a fun discussion as well. Uh, and uh, a bunch of you want to weigh in on a variety of different storylines out there. To repeat news breaking that the government has officially requested a January date for the January 6th charges, the conspiracy charges that I think are rooted in absolute illegitimacy from a legal perspective, but they are trying to get that trial done before we even get uh, to the trial in March in New York City that is already scheduled and right now what is scheduled as a May uh, trial in South Florida. They're trying to jump the line, so to speak, and the people who claim that they're so concerned about democracy are trying to put Donald Trump in handcuffs as you will be out there voting in many different primary elections across the entire country. Remember, by somewhere around March 12th, which is not very far from now, the expectation is that the Republican primary will have selected its nominee, and many of you will be able to vote, especially if you're listening in Iowa, 
in a little over five months from now because January 15th is the Iowa caucuses. Uh, several of you want to weigh in uh, on a variety of topics. I'll take a couple of your calls here in a moment. But first, I thought this was interesting. This is from the guys behind uh, Real Clear Politics. Fantastic website. Good data analysis there. If you're wondering about past Republican primary races, on this date... In 2015, Trump had an 11.8 lead, according to the polls, in the race for the Republican nomination. In 2011, Mitt Romney was up five. This one is pretty interesting. In 2007, Rudy Giuliani was up 10.3 points in the poll. It looked like, if you remember those days that Rudy Giuliani was going to be the Republican nominee to take over for George W. Bush. He was America's mayor. He entered with a lot of momentum. Right now, in the real clear politics average, again, they've been doing this for years, Trump has a 39.1% lead. So the biggest lead in the prior three uh, Republican-contested primaries was Trump plus 11.8 all the way back in 15. Trump now has opened up a 39.1 lead. Uh, All right. I also wanted to play this. Let me play this clip for you. I mentioned that Joe Manchin, West Virginia's Democrat senator, went on the radio and said he's thinking about leaving the Democrat Party. We discussed that with Ron Johnson. Of course, the big question is who would he caucus with, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, because Kirsten Cinema has left the Democrat Party, but she continues to caucus with them. Here's Joe Manchin earlier today uh, with West Virginia radio host Hoppy Kercheval, uh on talk line listen you're not like the democrats today or the national democratic party you're not like the national republican party why not just say you know what i'm going to be an independent you thought about that absolutely <laughs> absolutely are you going to do it because well I'm, I'm i'm thinking seriously what's the best for me i have to have peace of mind basically i the brand has become so bad the d brand and r brand so you're thinking seriously about becoming an independent I would think very seriously about that. I've been thinking about that for quite some time. I haven't made any decisions whatsoever on any of my political direction. I want to make sure that my voice is truly an independent voice. When I'm speaking, I'm speaking of the good that the Republicans do and the good that Repub- uh, the Democrats continue to do. Interesting move there. If he's truly going to run in West Virginia, I would just say to West Virginians, do you want Joe Manchin caucusing with the Democrats If you do, you should vote for him. If you don't, you need to put a Republican in there and try to take back control of the Senate. Quickly, Neil in Lakeland, Florida. What you got for us? Gentlemen, it's an honor to be on your uh, radio program. I've been listening to Rush since early 89 when my mom called me and said, turn the radio on. So I continued uh, to follow you guys, uh, and I enjoy your show. In fact, I also listened to Bob's podcast for... Uh, quite a while before y'all got together and took over Rush. Anyway, uh, with regard to Governor DeSantis and the, the state's attorneys, but uh, for everybody that's not from Florida, call them district attorneys probably. Uh, we've got people, those two, uh, in Hillsborough County and Orange County, that uh, were scofflaws. Uh, they were, their, their approach to law enforcement was as they would enforce the laws that they liked, uh, and the ones they didn't, they would disregard. And that is an affront to every law-abiding citizen in the state of Florida. And Governor DeSantis 
recognize that. So I think he did the right thing. Well, thank you for calling in, telling us that again. Tampa and Orlando, new prosecutors. Big discussion on the Trump situation tomorrow. Incredible guest. Trust us. You're going to learn a lot. We'll be with you Friday edition tomorrow. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.